Hello, this is Unconvinced, the podcast where we critically examine positions that are either not so obviously obvious, extremely extreme, or uncontroversially controversial, and we probably come to no conclusion at all about them. We are Mark Rees, Jason Werbeloff, and Roman Kavanak. Good day. This episode is called Chemoing the Children, where we look at whether we should give chemotherapy to children who need it, obviously. <laughs> when ones with cancer, not just random like children. Because Jason has his doubts about whether they ought to. Yeah, so, um, there's, so, so there's this case. And uh, it's Michael Bublé, famous singer. Um, Roman doesn't like him. I quite like his, his singing. Um, and uh, Michael Bublé's child has got liver cancer. Three-year-old uh, with liver cancer, everyone's very upset. How much has he been drinking? Uh, the three-year-old. Makes <laughs> <laughs> you wonder. <laughs> so three-year-old gets liver cancer and needs chemo. Um, doctors have said there's a 90% chance of this child surviving if they give it chemo, but it's going to be months of chemo and it'll be very painful. And both parents are taking career breaks, um, to, to do this. Michael Bublé has canceled his Christmas concerts to take care of his, his son. Now that's the real tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Sure. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's like. Cancer's the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I have, the question I have is, should the resources that are being poured into this child be poured into this child or poured into something else? Now, Michael Bublé has virtually infinite resources, so it probably doesn't matter to him. But what would be more interesting is other cases where, let's say, a family has to bankrupt itself. It has to devote all its resources, which it would have spent maybe educating its other children or um, allowing both parents to live fuller lives um, or having another child via in vitro. The money that would have been spent on those possibilities instead goes into the the non-certain outcome of saving this child. And I think we can go even further and say, like in Michael Bublé's kid's case, there's a 90% chance that it will survive. What if it was a 1% chance that it will survive? Yeah. In that case, ought you still put the resources mm-hmm. into the chemotherapy to save the child's life? I think yes. You think yes at one percent? Yes. You think, you think yes? even at one percent? Even if it bankrupts the family, bankrupts other them. children can't eat properly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and they have to like scrounge for scraps in the local <laughs> garbage just to find enough food to so eat. So that little Johnny, little Johnny, can get his his chemotherapy, which makes him puke and throw up, and there's. Blood, bloody vomit everywhere, and loses his hair, and he suffers through it. And he'll probably die anyway. Anyway, yes. Still do it. I think it's still the case. You say it's this. okay to do it, or we should do it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay to should do it. <laughs> no, I think that. Uh, I think that if the choice is made to do it, I don't think it's necessarily a bit the wrong choice. Okay. Ramon? So, okay, well, from my side, we have to, the discrepancy between, a, should parents have a duty to look after their children at all costs? Uh, in this case, from cancer, um, I think there's a duty for them to take care of their children, either to the detriment of uh, their social ties and, and relationships with other ch- people and their other children. I don't know whether that cost can be measured against that. Well, it can be if, if let's say, for example, little Johnny's sister would have gone to university and maybe become a doctor or a neurosurgeon or, or an engineer, 
So Susan, uh, little Johnny's sister, would go to university but instead can't because that money is removed and spent on little Johnny's 1% chance of survival. So there's a cost, right, a very sure. clear cost. Do you think that's the way to go? And little Johnny's not a very happy child generally. He's very colicky and he, <laughs> you know. He... Yeah, but the thing is that as a parent, you've got this special obligation to the child for its life and well-being. And to and, Susan? And you also have to Susan, but to what degree? I mean, like, exist- I mean, it becomes an existential question with Johnny. I mean, Johnny lives or dies. He right. ceases to exist. Right. For Susan, it matters whether she has a happy, flourishing life. Okay. <laughs> and I think the parents do have some obligation to that. But when you can compare to, like, living at all mm. as to whether having a flourishing life, I mean, you thinking engineer, neurosurgeon, I'm thinking actress or gender studies <laughs> Shall professor. They not <laughs> oh, well, then we might want to, we might want to give uh, but I don't think the question little Johnny the treatment. Yeah, I mean, well, the question for this episode isn't exactly what constitutes a flourishing life. Right, so we okay. can disagree about that. <laughs> okay. And it's not an issue for the, for the very question we're looking at. Okay, okay. So the parents have got the special obligation. That is going to cost it. And we have that in many ways. We've got special obligations, special relationships with many people, including friends, where it costs us a little. You know, you've got to buy a birthday present or go to the whatever dinner somewhere because it's their birthday and go visit the friend when they're sick when you'd rather just stay home and do nothing, masturbate to the internet or <laughs> think about your life under the duvet or whatever it is. And, I'm seeing a theme there. Yeah, and your relate. Yeah. Well, the point is your relationship. <laughs> yeah. The point is your relationship costs you something. Are you feeling okay, Mike? Because it comes with special obligations. Yes, yes. And this is one where there's a very strong obligation. I think perhaps you know parents for their children, okay. and it also costs them a lot. Okay. Now you might think it's a it's a case of weighing up. Like yeah, you know, I see. There's an opportunity cost to give Johnny the the one percent. Uh, with a 1% chance of survival to give him the chemo. Because that money, assuming there's not infant resources, could be spent elsewhere. Assuming there's not an incredibly generous medical aid around to pay for it. Um, so, so that money could be spent on Susie. So I think there's two questions, Mark. And well, you've, you've, yeah. raised, you've raised a very good point. Okay, so there's two questions in response to your point. The one is, do we have special obligations to people? And the second is, are those obligations specifically, specially special around life? In other words, is life, living, existence such a good thing? Especially in the case of a child that's got cancer and is suffering. So I think that you're looking at these two things actually from very different points of view. So the one hand comes from your utilitarianism. Correct, which says you don't have obligations. Yeah, it's not interested in obligations. Well, you do have obligations, but not duties. Yeah, not duties. And it doesn't seem to be special obligations towards certain people. And so just tell about us relationships. what utilitarianism other, is. Well, utilitarianism is the view that um, what should drive your action, morally speaking, is the amount of pleasure or pain that it produces, according spread out according to everyone, with none of them being special, right. so evenly. Right. And that's what you were looking at when you were considering the weighing up. Oh, Susan, you know, she's got this potential of having a wonderful life. And whatever, and we're taking that away from Johnny, and we consider, and you have to weigh up the amount of pleasure and happiness that is going to come in the future. Right. So I'm thinking Susan is going to live um, an incredibly utility-filled life. Yeah. She's going to live a life which is going to produce happiness for lots of other people. She's going to flourish. We let's just assume she will, yeah. whether it be as a liberal arts professor or or as a doctor, a neurosurgeon, or an engineer. 
and little Johnny is going to suffer horribly and probably die. And I think that is a consideration. That, I mean, that is the one way of viewing it. Yes. But the other way of viewing it also matters, and that's the one with special obligations. Which is, life of your child is sacrosanct. You have this right. duty to yes. protect it. At, at, at all at, costs. At, the cost is the interesting thing that you say, because as soon as you're saying there's all costs, you're going back into utilitarian mode of viewing. No, but you can't ignore the fact that there's a cost. So, or, or are you cost. saying we should? Well, I'm saying costs are a consideration, but it is taking it, it towards that more consequentialist utilitarian view. So, so the, well, the way yeah. you weigh things up when you're looking at it, just the duty point of view, is this weird thing where you're weighing up duties, not according to costs, but according to which duties are stronger. Yes. They're prima facie, and you say, yeah. oh, you know, this one is more specific, or this is a stronger obligation. Yes. And you, the obligation being stronger or weaker doesn't have to do with costs. So, just for the layman, because I'm the only non-philosopher here, and I assume most, some of our audience might not be philosophers. <laughs> so, Mark, you're making an argument that obligations between uh, parents and children are obviously much stronger than obligations between yourself and someone that you don't know at all yes so, so i wouldn't have to put my resource you know i wouldn't be obliged to pay for uh somebody else's for my chemo, chemo. Yeah. for your chemo mm-hmm. jason but that but but if you had that obligation to jason is stronger than the obligation to the person across the road that you don't know yes you might be yeah. suffering from cancer as well yeah, because of special relationships right. yes which I sort of agree with you there but jason you think that that doesn't really matter yes. due to well, I'm not sure there are obligations or duties in that sense. Yeah. So I've never seen one. Okay. Good. I've 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 walked the streets around Mark's building, and I still haven't encountered a duty. I've never seen them. I've never smelt them, touched them, tasted them. I'm not sure why people think they poof they they popped into existence because we're social creatures. Is your utilitarianism? It seems very. It tries to divorce emotion from reasonableness. No, it's exactly the opposite. I think that emotion is sacrosanct. And in this case, it's little Johnny's suffering and big Susan's happiness and producing happiness in others that we need to pay most attention to. I think it's exactly the opposite. People who subscribe to the duty view seem to eliminate emotions from their discourse. But I don't know, how much happiness is actually given when a little kid goes on Oprah who's beaten cancer? A lot of people <laughs> love that. But remember, Very inspirational. 1% yes. chance. 1%. Yes. 1% chance. There's a very low chance that he'll survive and then an, an even lower chance that he'll get onto Oprah. So how about this? I think maybe <laughs> even if there's a 0% chance... The parents should so put if as it's much guaranteed, he will die. They need to express their commitment to their relationship. Sure. I see your point. Because if they felt that they didn't and he died anyway, how would that impact little Susie? Then, then the, the parental relationship falls okay. apart because they felt like they haven't done enough. Well, now let's ask the opposite question. Suppose little Susie sees what's going on, right? She knows, because she's going to become a neurosurgeon, that that little Johnny's going to die that there's a 0% chance of, of, of little Johnny surviving, right? And and her parents pour all this money into this two-year-old or three-year-old, however he is, and completely ignore her needs, right? And she knows this kid's going to die. How will she feel about that? Is Why that, don't she feel neglected? But there's a simple solution. She just killed little Johnny before. <laughs> that would be a solution from her point of view. Okay. I think she ought to, because no, there's right. also a sibling. Yes. So here's a question. Here's a question. Yeah. 
do little Johnny's parents have an obligation to pour that money into, into chemo if he's already dead? So suppose he's died, right? He's dead. And they pour the money into like... Research. Res- no, like, like, like uh, they, they, try, they try to revive him, okay? They like freeze him and they, and they pour their money into technology, which obviously won't work to survive him, as a token, right? Or they hire a shaman. Yeah, to yeah, try and yeah. resurrect him. And give all their money to the shaman so, to try and resurrect him. So people do, well, they don't exactly try to resurrect uh, people all the time. It does <laughs> happen. Uh, however, expensive funerals. Yes. It's not going to bring somebody back from the dead. Right. But people okay, don't funerals are very good. Are very good. There you go. Yeah. Person's That's already really... dead. Yes. And you have this expensive funeral. Yes. Which we, we do have, especially in the, the local cultures around here. They People, take all of Susan's, all of her college funds. Yes. And spend it on little Johnny's funeral. And this is important because Johnny's died. We have to show that we cared about him. We need to honor him. Now, you're just telling us how they feel. But do you agree that, that they, they should spend all their money on the funeral? I think that... Because there's a question. They're, yeah, I think they're obliged to honor Johnny's memory. Sure, but you can do that without spending all Susan's money. Well, it depends how much you, you know, the more you spend, the more you're honoring. <laughs> but you can just put a viral Facebook post and a lot of people will, yeah. will agree and share yeah. and it will be on... Buy a nice bunch of flowers. ...in news and... Yeah, but that's not the try. kind of symbol in the culture that's, that does the work that they wanted to do. Okay, so, but there's, there's a question here. And the question is, you've got to evaluate between two options. Should you do that or should you allow Susan to go to university, assuming it's not a liberal arts degree. <laughs> Just by the way, I have a liberal arts degree. So, <laughs> so do I. So, so I know how useless yeah. it is. Is, is, is yeah. law a liberal arts degree? No, it's I'm a non-liberal not. arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Okay, so assuming that she actually does qualify to be a woman in STEM, because I know apparently there isn't What's a lot. What's in STEM? Uh, science, uh, what? Technology. Economics and maths. Yeah. yeah. She's going to revolutionise revolutionize women's rights in STEM. She's going to go in there and be like the top I mean, student. So. That's possible. You don't know how things are going to turn out. No, but let's just assume she's super talented, finally got this opportunity, and in fact, she earned half the money, right? <laughs> and she, she worked incredibly hard for this, and it's going to be yanked out of her hands out of her clutching fingers, and she wants this money, right? <laughs> and it's spent on little Johnny's fucking funeral. Her, you mean her brother? Her brother. Who she loves. Dead brother. Her dead brother who she loves. She loves him. And even if she hates him, she might still have an obligation, a duty, to his life and his funeral, <laughs> and, and, and preserving his life. And I don't know if it extends to after Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, finally. I don't right. think so. <laughs> I do think if he's alive, okay. yes. I, you must I, admit you're holding an, an, a controversial position, Mark. Mark, holding a controversial <laughs> position? <laughs> Just Mark. because you disagree with me doesn't mean it's controversial. <laughs> no, right? but I, I... Okay, so here's why I asked this question. The reason I asked this question is I'm trying to use an intuition pump. It's what philosophers call an intuition pump, which sounds quite dirty. So I'm trying to move backwards. Okay, so I'm trying to move from, well, if you think that we don't have the special obligation after he's died, then why do you think we have it at 0% chance of survival? And why do you think we have it at 1% chance of survival? And then maybe we don't have it at 30% chance of survival. And if we don't have it at 30, then maybe we don't have it at all, right? Well, I mean, as I said, there's a special obligation even after he's died. <laughs> yeah, you've got to go all the way on this. That's and I'm right. saying, if you're going all the way on this, it st- st- starts to sound unintuitive. To whom? 
to me and <laughs> okay. to you, Roman. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a, but then, once again, if we cannot actually know the chances of survival to a degree that efficient, we, we, we don't know if it's 1% or 30% at the best of times. Well, I mean, that's actually a really interesting question, is whether yeah. we can know the chance yeah. of anything. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we're not going to know the outcome. But then again, whether he lives or dies, it doesn't say that, oh, the 1% prediction was incorrect or the 90% yes. prediction was incorrect. Yes. yes. You know, you can yes. say 90% chance he'll live and then he dies. Yes. It doesn't mean you didn't know that it was 90%. So, yeah. So utilitarians deal with this in two ways. The one is by saying all we care about is what actually happens. That's the one way. And then let's just talk about the case as if we know. And then the other way they, they deal with it is they say, let's work on the best knowledge at the time. So the most information we have, the best information we have at the time tells us that he has a 1% chance of survival because we've looked at 100 other cases and only one of them has survived on average for every 100. You know, so we get the best information at the time and we act on that. So let's just assume our information is reliable for now. Let's just assume. Then we can alter the case for unreliable. Right. So the information is reliable that he will survive. He has a 1% survival ability. I don't know, right? So Mark says... That relationship is there. The obligation has to be there. To, saying it is to put there. as many as much resources as possible into saving his life. Yeah, Johnny's life. He has cancer. He's yeah. three years old. Your, your son, <laughs> right? You've got this yeah. responsibility. In fact, even I said that even if it's a zero percent chance that he's going to live, you might even have that obligation to show your express your commitment, right, to his life. What about his, your commitment to Susie? And that's where the interesting thing comes in, because uh, there are different cases. One is future flourishing, and one is like life at all. You know, it's totally so, existential. So here's the core question. Yeah. Why is life so important? Especially such a life that has two characteristics. Number mm-hmm. one, it's of a very small child who can't produce anything, right? So this child doesn't, doesn't do anything of value for anyone other than maybe make his parents happy when he coughs right. Or, yeah. or when he doesn't vomit up as much blood that day, <laughs> right? As opposed to Susie, who's going to change the world, right? She's going to she's going to improve women's rights all over. She's going to she's going to become the top neurosurgeon and cure like children's cancer in certain cases, right? So, here's the thing: I don't have an answer to you why life is so important, but I also can't see why life should be so much more important than happiness. It seems like an arbitrary decision. You decide that happiness is something of supreme value. I say it's life. I don't really think that. I'm just being argumentative. But. Well, don't you think intuition plays a role here? So I'm throwing these cases at you to try and get your intuition to move one way. Jason, is intuition like a fancy word for feelings? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you talking about your feelings? Right? <laughs> oh, I really feel that happiness is Did you not think I had feelings? (laughs) So so your feeling is that life is not important, happiness is. I'm saying life in itself has no value. Right. I'm saying it's what happens with that life. Sure. So whether there's happiness attached to that life, both yours and other people's who interact with you. What happens if if Susan says she has Down syndrome and little Johnny has the potential to be the top neurosurgeon for men's rights yes. in the world yes. and revolutionizes yes. prostate cancer, yes. then what? Oh, well, then that changes the calculation entirely, right? <laughs> right. So then what we do is we, we implement a cost-benefit analysis. So we'd, we'd operate on something like a maximum principle. So say we minimize the, the possibility of negative outcomes 
which would be, I don't know, which would be like little Susie uh, suffering terribly or it would be little Johnny suffering terribly. We see what the worst possible outcome is and avoid that. Or we implement another kind of principle, which is we times the percentage chance by the outcome. So, so there's a 1% chance of little Johnny achieving a million utility points, right? right. But there's like a 100% or a 90% chance of Susie achieving 100 utility points. So you times the one by the other and see which one comes out higher, which will be little Johnny, and so you give him the chemo. So it becomes a utility calculation. Well, one thing we should consider is whether it makes a difference whether Johnny's a child or an adult or an old person yes. as to whether we should put money into saving his life. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I really think children, I mean, they require an enormous number of resources before they can start generating utility. So it's only when they start hitting adulthood that they can actually be, become functional members of society. You've got to devote so many resources for so long. But even then, they're not really, some of them are really functional. Yeah. Based on time. So are you yeah. saying children have far less value than, yeah. than, because then adults? Intuitively, and I think possibly through evolution, we, we, think children have a lot more value than yes other people but that's in the same way that we think that baby seals have got a lot more value than baby rats and baby cockroaches baby rats are quite cute though I don't know bad examples <laughs> but for example if, if, on the titanic right when the ship sank it was women and children first yeah and i always found it strange why are they more valuable than the men because yes. a who's going to row the boat I don't see children rowing the boat. No, but secondly, and B... <laughs> Women can row boats. They can, as well. And B, there weren't any female sailors, so who would navigate? And, I mean, there were a lot of issues with just saying women and children first, and then the men could come on. But why are women and children seen as more important? It might not be a value judgment in that case. It sort of might be a, a role, duty, and character. It's sort of like, we as men have got to be chivalrous. We have got to show our generosity and our bravery. By having lots of orphans and widows. Not by having them, by saving them. <laughs> but know? chivalry, does it extend to life and death? I mean, I understand when you, op- when you leave the door open, for, when, when you open a door for a woman or push in her chair for her, or you, that's chivalry. Yeah, you want to be courteous, and as the yeah. man, you, we're, you know, only some people can survive. But we are the brave and selfless ones, so we will let, allow you to survive. That seems like honor more than chivalry. That oh. seems something stronger than because chivalry okay, is around well. convenience, maybe. Okay. But, but 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 this is something stronger. This is a stronger duty. Exactly. Is... So it could come down to a character thing uh, and virtue instead of value and obligation. But then why don't the women have the same obligation, the same virtue obligation? Okay, men and children first. <laughs> or children only. Why can't men and women be equal? <laughs> children only. Yeah, well, uh, it's because they're men or they're women, and the, 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 whatever culture they're in has got different views of what their obligations, what's expected from their characters, what their characters mm. essentially are. Mm. And, I mean, I'm not arguing that it's the case, but I'm just saying that the view wasn't necessarily one about these people have got more value than those people, so they right. need to be saved. Okay. But I, I would agree that Roman is onto a point here, which is that at least in the children's case, we do seem to assume that children are more valuable. So, for example, you hear about a bomb going off. In the news, they'll often say, well, there were 30 people that died, including two children. Oh, right. The tragedy is <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or there was an airplane yeah. crash and three children in road Q died. Oh, the tragedy. No, or they say 200 people died, including women and children. I think they often punt the children. They, but they always say, including women and children. Yeah. Which I think, if there's war, they say women and children. But it's odd. I mean, why yeah. don't you say, including cats and dogs as well? I'm sure so, they too. In war, I can understand it. 
Uh, I'm not going to argue for it, but they generally see women and children as definitely these are civilian deaths. Mm. Or the, the men are combatants. Yes, they're not combatants. In a plane crash? It makes no All sense civilians. to me. But, right, but, but then would you agree that if, because what, what's going on there is exactly what Ramon's saying. Our intuition or the, the mass society intuition is that children are more valuable, mm-hmm. which is why they're given special mention. Yes, yes. And now here's the question. Why are children more valuable? I'm saying from a utility point of view, they're definitely not. And, and I agree from a utility point of view, no. So here's a, some suggestions as to why you might think children are more valuable. The one could be that they are more vulnerable. And so because they are more vulnerable, it's like they can't take care of themselves. And because they have the special need, then their safety and their well-being is something that we're, that behooves us all to take extra special care of. But taking extra special care of someone's not the same thing as saying they're valuable. You're right. You, they might have the same value, but we have to take extra special care just to keep them alive with everyone else. Don't you think that it's more of an evolutionary basis for that because they are the future of yes, our genes? Yes. So they're often seen as more valuable because... They're the future. They, they will carry on yeah. the human species. Because we're postmenopausal. Right. We're shooting blanks. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've done all we can to continue You guys are not species. that old. <laughs> well, whatever. Yes. So, okay, that would make sense psychologically from an evolutionary perspective. Yes. Why we think children are more valuable. We think they're more valuable because if we didn't, that we wouldn't devote more resources to them than we do to other people and they wouldn't survive. Right. And the human race would die out. So it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective why we would think that. And it applies universally across most mammalian species. Yes. I don't know about insects. I yes. don't think so because they have like a million children anyway yes. and yes. 10 million survive instead of 100 million. This caretaking of the young. Yes, yes but caretaking of the young is, is very important in mammalian species. Yeah, but, and, 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 and this is maybe it is just like an internal thing. Like, so, for yeah. instance, if you were to see like a breastfeeding woman and go up to her and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little thirsty. You mind if I have a suckle? <laughs> She's going to be like, no, you don't deserve a suckle. <laughs> but if you were an infant... Who, who doesn't know her? Who doesn't know or her. Or she doesn't know. Exactly. Right. Comes up to her and says... <laughs> It comes up to her. <laughs> well, gives that mewling crying sound that babies give. Please, say, get, hey, please, please do it, Mark. The I, mewling I crying sound. <laughs> she might be a little more sympathetic. Because, yeah, the child has got a special need. Yes. That's very interesting. Do you think she would be? Wouldn't she have a st- special obligation not to give them all to that child and rather to give it to her own? Well, that's Perhaps. why wet nurses are a thing. Or they were. Mm. I don't know anymore if they still mm. are. But... Mm. Oh, and I think, yeah, I mean, this is historically. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. as existed. Yeah. Often because the, the mother was uh, an aristocrat and couldn't be bothered mm. to share other things. Could to use do, malt. Right? Yeah. That's, that's okay. Happens. But now you've agreed so far that psychologically this is the reason why we hold that children are more valuable. Yes. But now here's something very important to consider. Just because evolution produces certain psychological states in us doesn't mean we should trust them. Yeah, so no, we have evolution not. produces horrifically inaccurate psychological states in us often. For example, we're terrified of the dark or um, we heights. Uh, if, or of heights or fight and flight response being completely yeah. inappropriate to the workplace. Um, you know, so, so, so there's Water lots boarding. of... What's a great response? It's not going to kill you, but you feel like this is the worst, most dangerous situation you're in and you're going to die. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a diver's it response to something. Drowning. Yeah. yeah. 
But, but you, you're saying there's no actual threat to your life when you're waterboarding. If you do it properly. Yeah. If you do it properly. But it feels like it. It feels like it. <laughs> if you go for your certified waterboarding. <laughs> yeah. Certification. Right. But, yes, yeah, so back to your point, I do think you're just questioning why people actually think. Socially, we still think children are more valuable. And yeah. I don't think they are more valuable than anyone else. Yeah, so I'm trying to explain away right. this intuition that we have that children are more valuable. I'm suggesting it might not completely be a matter of value. Yes, okay. But I think in the case where we're evaluating whether we should pour all of Susan's college funds into little Johnny's funeral or little Johnny's chemotherapy with 1% chance or 0% chance of survival, should we do it? And if, if little Johnny isn't more valuable than Susan, it takes away at least one reason why we would do it. I'm not sure what the, the other reasons would be. If your reason is, well, we need to show uh, a token of our of our love for little Johnny, then I'm not sure you've got a good argument there because, well, we need to show our token of our love for Susan too, and we need to pour money into Susan. But maybe it's because Susan doesn't have that immediate special need. Okay, so immediacy yeah. do you think mm. is the issue? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I think it's a huge factor. Hmm. If, you're, if you have a son and a daughter and they're playing sports... If your son has a broken leg and Susie has a sprained finger playing netball, you're not going to say, okay, let's both of us go rush to the hospital quickly and fix both of you. No, you'll focus on the broken leg first. Irrespective of who's actually got the broken leg. You're a bad parent. (laughs) You can do both together, (laughs) but you will understand the one requires more more attention. If the doctor can see one of them first, obviously. But then it's not the immediacy that counts. It's the severity of the need. It's not how soon it is, because let's say, if Susan doesn't go to university this year, she'll never go. So it's mm. just as immediate, right? Um, but but you're saying this, it's the severity of the need. So little Johnny will die if he doesn't get the chemo. He'll also die if he does. He may, yeah. He will likely die if he does. And you're saying we should give it to him anyway. I think so. Uh, here's an interesting question. What if little Johnny wants to die? <laughs> no, little Johnny says, you know what? I don't mind dying to avoid the suffering of the chemotherapy. Hmm. Little Johnny just, just in his three-year-old voice says, I want to die, Daddy. Kill me. Right. Let me die. I don't want to go to the hospital again. I, I want to go these, to nothing. Yeah, these chemicals pumped inside me. I don't want the, the hair loss and the vomiting. Mm. Mm. I don't want to be taken out of school. Do you still have an obligation? Yes. Mm. Uh, I think you might have. To keep him alive regardless. Oh, yeah. I don't know why people listen to their kids. <laughs> But what they want. Is I mean, it because he's name. a child or because you don't think the desire to die yourself is a legitimate desire? So there are two things. There's, uh, one is because he's a child uh, and you're the parents so you could decide. And the other thing is his consent and what he wants might have nothing to do with what your obligations are. Okay. So you're, you're obliged to save his life or strive to save his life uh, whether he wants to live or die. It's oftentimes when, for instance, somebody is trying to commit suicide, a child of yours or even a stranger, and you intervene. Do you think you have an obligation to intervene? I think, uh, I'm not sure what my intuition is on that. Hmm. But uh, some people would think yes, and I don't think they're crazy for thinking yes, that one does have an obligation to intervene. Hmm. And it's not the same, necessarily the same as euthanasia. Which well, is I was a- going to say euthanasia is an interesting case then. And let's say it's, it's it, you know, it's self-assisted suicide. It's not self-assisted, it's just assisted Assisted, And that is a difference between children and adults, I think, or children or people who haven't got the proper capacity uh, to make these kind of decisions, such as they 
uh, they have a mental illness or their children. So mm. when they say they want to die, commit mm. suicide or have, or experience euthanasia. Yes. Look, we, we're now getting into a yeah. whole kettle of fish. I mean, there's interesting cases where someone, let's say, is so suffering so much, so much beyond what someone who would be accepted for a voluntary euthanasia case. He's, a, he's suffering even more than that, which infiltrates his rational capacities. And then he, he can't make the decision. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, well, he can't, even though he's suffering more than the person who could. So there's difficult cases here, yeah. but we yeah. are getting a little off topic. True. Yeah. So where were we? Okay. So, so basically my position is that children aren't particularly valuable. Secondly, that life isn't particularly valuable. That thirdly, um, joy or um, happiness and flourishing is more valuable than survival. All right. Well, my position is that value is subjective. So I think children are valuable to those who make children valuable. Um, but I don't have value after death as much as Mark thinks they do have. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think I agree with most of what you say about value, but I don't think this is an issue entirely about value. So what do you think the core issue is? I think there's a special duty, obligation from our parents to children. I think there's also the symbolic expression of the relationship which they have, mm. which is comes into play even if there's a 0% chance of the child mm. surviving. Mm. And I, I don't mean to dismiss the questions of value and utility, but I don't think those are the only things that are important. So none of us have batched? Not quite, no. Huh. Are we unconvinced? We are. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an episode of Unconvinced with Mark Rees, Jason Wobelaf. Say cheerio, Jason. Cheerio, Mark. Roman Cabana. Cheerio, Mark. 